Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Seated. There was a part of my teaching during Sunday school that was a little bit hard to take, maybe controversial to some people, and I'm shocked to see that none of those people are here now. They've all left. I see a few of them. For introverts, it's quite easy. Retire to a quiet place and seek solitude and a chance to pray, a chance to recharge. Apparently, the population of the world is made up of a third to one half inch or half introverts. Apparently, that is me, as I've come to realize over the last five to ten years. And it's a whole sort of people, people like Gandhi and all sorts of folks who are introverts. They use the time away to charge or recharge, depending on how you look at it. And I was wondering, what was Jesus? doesn't really have a lot of um, focus on what the sermon is today, but what is Jesus? Well, we don't know, but He certainly wanted to retreat often into the company of His friends. He wanted to go to a quiet place. And pray, in this case, he was driven into the desert by the Spirit, the same Spirit that was at the beginning of all things, that brooded over the chaos waters, the same one that breathed life into the dry bones, the same one that will come and ignite the birth of the church in what some would describe as a charismatic frenzy. Yes, the Spirit that is all too often so quiet. That's the one that has driven us into the desert today, or so it would seem. The Spirit is anything but quiet, by the way, but that's how we perceive Him or her sometimes. The Counting Crows released arguably their best album in the early 90s entitled This Desert Life, and none of their songs have anything to do with anything that has to do with Lent, but I like the title, This Desert Life. That's where we're at right now. So here we are, driven by the Spirit, or by the liturgical calendar, depending on how you look at it, into these 40 days where we can gain perspective and grow closer to God and Christ, 
purge ourselves of those devices that control us and make us sinful. But how does one do that with the quiet of the desert? Well, it doesn't take much. That is apparent in the reading today. We simply need to believe. We simply have to step into the desert, and you'll have enough to happen to keep you busy. There is absolutely no question about it. But what happens in between that is what's important. How is it that we live? How is it that we proceed down this road that we've decided to go? And we know if you follow this reading a little bit longer that one of the things that they tell us is that God has this conversation with the devil, and devil tries to tempt him, and Satan tries to bring out the worst and to do the things that he does. But he says, everything that you know, um, you know because of what you've already learned. He says it implicitly, and he says it to you and I all the time. We know who we are. We know is at the core of us, who we are, how we function, where we go, what we do, what we're capable of, of the sins that we do all the time. That is something that we understand all too well. And today he's come to the flesh, so to speak, into the incarnate flesh, to tempt. That is precisely the MO of evil, to take advantage of the best situation to try and convince even the Son of God to fall victim to his plagues. Even evil, its, its depths are everywhere. It is. It shouldn't scare you because of who you walk with and, and who you are and what you're becoming. Even if you're a non-believer, it shouldn't scare you because God is always there, always ever-present. There can be no question about it in my mind. If there's anything else that I say, you've got to hear that. You shouldn't fear anything. But evil is per- pervasive. It does go through. There is a thread that is common. It continues. We've seen it this week with the loss of adults and school children. We know that it's there. We know that it can happen. I mean, if he tempted the Son of God, I mean, the audacity, can you believe to attempt the Son of God? Do you not think that he won't try to tempt you or me? Whether you believe in the embodiment of evil or not, everyone admits there is something out there that makes us want to choose the worst in ourselves. It just is so. I believe in powers and principalities and dominions that are constantly in battle over our heads even though we can't see them most of the time. In this desert life, there is nothing sacred except for Christ Himself. You'll just have to cling to Him. There's a cross to bear. There is a life to be lived. There is a choice to make. In this great 40 days where we plunge to the depths of our souls and hearts and root out the one who whispers sweet nothings in our ear, perhaps this time to pay attention to the things that are offered. There are times when you are tempted to take that which is before you and eat it like bread. It'll only make you feel better. You know what those items are. But we do not live on bread alone. 
but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Words like, when you come into the land of life that God has given you, be sure to leave a little for those who have none and leave some for God also to thank God for your deliverance from this desert, the Old Testament tells us, which will happen. You will not live on bread alone. Sometimes a deal is shown to you which seems too good to be true, which probably means what? It is too good to be true. You'll be given grand dreams, see visions of kingdoms where you might shine and serve as the ruler of its principalities. Even the devil today has at his disposal the world to give away. How much more important are you than the world? The world can be given away. You, on the other hand, will be bought and paid for. The entire world can be yours, but what does it profit you to gain all of those things and lose yourself? That's what Paul tells us. Ah, but you must say, I can do all those things. God has forgiven me, and then I can do as I please. And you'd be right, by the way. You have free will. You have the grace of Christ. You can use it as you choose. On the other hand, instead of using that grace or testing it, you can share it. You can shoulder your cross alongside those who have also fought back against the devil. They fought back against those who have people by the throat in this world, people capable of violence and all sorts of things. But you must choose to enter into this desert life. You must fully submit to the Spirit who will show you amazing things, more amazing than anything you could have been shown. For when you are brought into the land that your Lord God has promised you, you will have the pearl of great price, the thing that makes the desert life more important, and perhaps even a little bit, maybe not matter, quite so much. I commented to one of the Eucharistic ministers at the previous service, and maybe there's a hint of truth in this, so y'all just bear with me for a second. But we were singing something while, the, while we were distributing the gifts to the congregation, and I leaned over and I said, I really dislike Lent. It's my least favorite season of the year. And she kind of laughed, and she looked at me, and she said, thanks, I appreciate that a whole lot. And I said, well, it's just so down. I said, all the music oftentimes is like a funeral dirge. No offense to the choir. All the music is oftentimes like a funeral dirge. And she looked at me, and she cut me right through the heart. She said, well, it is, isn't it, isn't it supposed to be? And she was right. It is. It really is supposed to be. Doesn't make me like it anymore, but she was right. And that is you and I. We will have God's own self. You can sit in the presence of the living God. You can live into the kingdom of God. You can live with forgiveness and without fear and all those sins that haunt you. You can have a rich life with the Spirit of God where God talks to you. You can be face to face with the one who made you in his image. Maybe you already are. But first, there is this desert life. 
There is the road to the cross. You're never alone. Lent waits before us. The road is barren, but it's well-traveled. How about we lock arms together and travel towards the cross? We will overcome with God's help.